0: I just love to start off by saying thank you. thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule uh, to sit down with me. I think for me, when I reached out to you initially, I had my fingers crossed and I was like, this is such a long shot. I'm not sure if he sees these messages, if he responds to them, um, but I appreciate you reaching out to me.
1: yeah, it's very cool. look
0: at it's absolutely no worries at all, mate and uh,
1: I appreciate what you're doing and uh, what you're trying to do for the industry as well so yeah, likewise.
0: No, it definitely means a lot, and I know we we're speaking a little bit off camera. And I was just asking how you were, and you said that you're doing good, you're doing fantastic, and you're like, this is one of the best years that you've actually had. The year's been very good, um, but tell me why that is. Why uh, is it possible? How is it possible that in such an intense period globally, you're able to find some kind of joy and peace?
1: Yeah, you know, you know, look up. I've always uh, with with my training
0: the the way i teach
1: photographers um uh, i think that photographers who have been running their businesses like businesses um have definitely managed to uh make it through the the corona crisis and in some cases even thrive during during the crisis you know um a lot of the times people are running their businesses like home industries uh, not through any fault of their own it's just that it becomes uh You know, it's an organic process and a lot of photographers just go through their photography business uh, in terms of marketing and uh, advertising uh, without much training and without much thought process. And uh, I think that my business principles have uh, been amplified uh, or um, the difference between somebody who's running a business like a business and somebody who's not. Uh, i think the gap just grew bigger because people who uh had a strategy and people who uh approached their business um from from a perspective of uh it not being uh necessarily an emotional uh endeavor it more of a, an endeavor for profit um i think those people uh you know managed to to thrive in in this really tough uh, environment so yeah I'm, I'm happy that my business principles uh, have stood the test of time and being able to pivot your business i think is really really important and uh, not to rely on one specific um income stream you know uh, i sh- i shoot i shoot everything from weddings to fashion to sports to portraits uh kids families um literally anything but the way i market myself um, the people who see my work uh, see me as a specialist so i've got different websites for different genres and when you uh, employ me as a sports photographer you think that i'm a specialist sports photographer and it's quite strange because you know if i'm doing commercial work some some clients will say to me you know have you ever thought about shooting weddings (laughs) and i'm like Seriously?
0: I've done a, I've done a
1: thousand or so. <laughs> yeah, shoot over a thousand weddings and you're asking me that question. And if you're shooting a wedding, somebody says, "You know, have you ever thought about shooting commercial work?" And mm. pretty much that's what I do during during the week, you know? Mm. So it's it's about it's about the it's about your brand perception and making sure that you're not seen as a jack of all trades even though you can do different genres, but I think it's really important to uh let your client have the reassurance that you're a specialist in that specific genre you can't have on your website i specialize in and then have a list of 15 different things that's not specializing
0: mm. I, I love that so much and you mentioned so many things that i'm going to touch on a little bit uh but i think then i think the importance of being adaptable uh as a business you know uh, and i think you uh It makes so much sense. Uh, I think as humans, we all know we're very adaptable beings. If an environment changes, we change with it. But I think our businesses need to do the same. you know. Uh, And I think I'm understanding so much what you're saying is that despite COVID, despite whatever is going around in the environment, despite the economic situation. There are still opportunities. There are so many opportunities. And I think that leaks off to what you talked about being quote-unquote, a jack-of-all-trades. Uh, and I really wanted to talk about that, and you mentioned it. Um, and it's... You mentioned it a little bit. It's, you know, being... Uh, there's so much speculation. I've watched so many videos, so many tutorials, so many lessons um, from... Uh, content creators who are like, you know what? You just need to focus on one thing. This business of trying to do too many things at the same time, it just doesn't work. Pick one thing and be the best at it. But I don't firmly believe in that. And I love that you mentioned that you do so many different things. But I think what I want to ask you is, how then can you do so many different things and still not be seen as someone who does too many different things? So like you're saying, when people see you do weddings, they think you're a specialist, specialist at weddings and they'll never know you do, you know, sports photography. And when you do sports photography, people see you as the best sports photographer they've ever seen. They'll never know you do commercial photography. So how can you then, as a content creator, balance that?
1: Yeah, it it really is about um, understanding what you want your target market to, to see, you know, okay. what what you want them to see. So, you know, you can't have uh, a, a, an Instagram feed uh, with wildlife pictures and then baby pictures and then sports and then weddings, it's it's it. You look schizophrenic, you know. So I have I have four or five different uh, Instagram accounts. Uh, one is for sport. Uh, one is for headshots. Um, I, I do other stuff. Uh, obviously, I do training as well, where I teach uh, photographers. Uh, so I've got a separate website uh, for that. Um, but you know, all of this comes. Really, from a place of hustling i uh i don't think I was born creative um I, you know it, just in terms of my personal story, I started off um in the police force in South Africa in nineteen ninety I joined in nineteen ninety when all white males had to go it was prescription uh so um you had to go to um the the army you do your national service and i ended up in the police force and in 1992 um, uh, they said oh we're looking for a photographer Uh, we were on parade one day and they said we're looking for a photographer so i said well you know it's like i don't really want to do that Um, and and then they said oh you get your own car i was like yeah that's cool my own police car that's fantastic so i said yeah i'll be the photographer and and you know um, many people have heard that story but uh literally I look at my life now and I think if they needed a chef today I would be a chef if they had needed a mechanic today I'd be a mechanic it really wasn't it wasn't a case that I was born creative and it was my passion to create and to do these kinds of things I literally hustled my way into becoming a photographer and then I realized how to make money with my camera uh, and and I think that that's the reason I'm successful is because I'm not really attached emotionally to my work. I know what sells. So I create images that sell. It doesn't necessarily mean that I like them because I the, the first thing that you have to understand, if you are uh, looking to target uh, a market for weddings or family uh, or um, kind of like the domestic market, I'm not talking about commercial work or uh, fashion or advertising. I'm talking about targeting com- uh, domestic work. So like I said, families, uh, kids, newborns, all that kind of thing. The first thing that you have to understand is that you are not your target market. Because if you were if you were targeting if you were targeting people like yourself, they don't have money. So what's the point in targeting people like you? You need to target people that are richer than you. And that's one of the first things that I learned. So I don't create images that appeal to me. I create images that
0: appeal to my target market. Mm. I think that's a very important thing. I've never, and I'm telling you, never heard it said that way. This is the first time this is exclusive information on this podcast. right here. (laughs) And I think I'm going to actually charge people to listen to this one <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding but yeah. no, that's that's actually very true uh that's well, well let me put it this way let me put it this way
1: most photographers create work that they like and they put it on their website and they put it on their instagram and they they hope that other people will like that work enough to book them to do a job okay but if you look at humans we like people that are similar to ourselves so if you look at your friends if you look at your family you all dress in a similar way you all kind of eat at the same restaurants go and watch the same kinds of movies um you all like the same kind of fragrances uh your lifestyles are very much the same okay so if you create work that you like other people are going other people that like that kind of work are going to be very similar to you. And they don't have money either. <laughs> okay? So it's pointless targeting people like yourself. So if you are, let's say, for example, if you're on a scale, if you look at a scale from one to 10, and poor people being a one and rich people being a 10, if your lifestyle right now, and you can, you can, you know, it, it, it's all relative. You know, somebody who earns $100,000 a month you and I think is is rich. But, you know, a football player, he thinks, well, that's low wages. So it's all relative, okay? So what you have to look at is if you have it on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you sit on that scale? And w- let's ask you that question. Where do you think on a scale of 1 to 10 in Cape Town, South Africa, 1 being poor, 10 being rich, where do you think you fit in? I'm, I'm probably like a 2.5. All right, so you're in a two point five in you Cape don't... Town.
0: I'm a two point five. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you're a two point five. You don't want to be targeting other two point fives, but I'm not expecting you to try and target the eight, nine, and ten. All I'm asking you is to target people with more money than you. So, so you need to 4 look and 5. Yeah. Oh. Let's go. Don't worry about three because that's only 0. 0.5 higher than you. Okay. Okay. So let's look at let's let's look at four or five. Okay, let's call it a five. Let's be ambitious here, right? So, okay, so you need to, now what you need to do is research how fives live. What what perfume do they wear? What movies do they watch? What books do they read? What magazines do they read? You need to go and get those magazines, read those books. Uh, You need to read those magazines and see the pictures in those magazines and then realize that those people think that the pictures in that magazine is normal that's normal so so i i would consider myself probably a 6 or a 7 okay now i target 8s and 9s and maybe 10s sometimes in fact i do target 10 i do get 10 clients i mean i've been taken on holidays to the most amazing locations where honestly the amount of money that they spend on the hotel room for me is more than most people earn in a month and 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 for me i've got to act like that's normal okay but it's not normal for me but i need to i need to look at what those people consider normal and i need to create images that they think are normal so so for example i and i like i said i think i'm probably about a a six or a seven. I target people that are nines. I go and get Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Vanity Fair. I look at the pictures that those people see every single day and that they think are normal. I then go and create images like that and it's appealing to them. It is not appealing to fives, which is cool because I don't want fives.
0: (laughs) I love this. This is insane. And it's a cold truth as well. Um, (laughs) It is what it is. No, it it definitely is what it is. And I think it's uh, not what a lot of people want to hear. You know, you tell someone that the pictures that you're posting on your Instagram are not going to get you what you want to sustain you. They're going to look at you and be like, you're judging me. Like, come on. I love this work. I'm proud of it. I worked hard for it. Yeah, and Um, and it is cool. It is cool. mm, And it's
1: fine, but it takes the same skill set to create images that look different, you know, it, it doesn't mean that as a photographer you need to change your skill set. You just need to shoot different. You need to think differently and shoot differently. And and then also when it comes to the charging side of things, you know, how much money you're charging. Uh, one of the rules that I always talk about is if you can afford yourself, then you're too cheap. Because most people most people do their pricing according to what they would be prepared to pay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, I've, I've,
0: <laughs> this is too much.
1: Nah, I'm, come on, it's common sense. I
0: think we need to switch off the cameras. I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, but I think you're right. There there's definitely has to be a bridge between the emotional attachment to the creativity side and the business aspect of things. And I was actually going to ask you about that because you run courses, you run programs that help people, uh, you know, be more business minded with their work to be more creative. Yeah. And I've been yeah. through your website. I've seen the reviews and uh, I think people just have to go and see them for themselves to understand um, how genuine people are in terms of appreciating the work that you do and how you teach them. I, I could I could tell you lots of different stories, uh,
1: but if you do go to to my Facebook page, I I just did a podcast with uh, a really good friend of mine in Johannesburg. Her uh, wh- name is Linda. Uh, she interviewed me um, for a running uh, podcast. I, I run a lot, uh, and and I spoke to her specifically about uh, my journey. From drugs and alcohol to being sober for 25 years, uh, but but what the reason I'm telling you that is because when I was at my lowest point, um, I I made a, a, a pact uh, with with whoever you believe in out there, you know, God, Allah, Jehovah, uh, whoever you you believe in. Um, I made a pact that if I could be helped through that dark time in my life that I would dedicate my life to uh, helping other people that needed my help and honestly for me photography is good it's cool it's it's a nice job it's not really my passion my passion is being able to facilitate change in people's lives through through this and, and the weird thing about um, I mean the weird thing for photography as well for me is I don't really know how i do things i just know that when i pick up the camera i know how to do things and i know how to explain things to people in a way that comes across uh so that they get it um and 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 for me that is so much more rewarding so yeah when you say that you've looked at the reviews and what people say about me obviously i've looked at them too and it is very it is incredibly rewarding for me that when i die one day and i know that sounds a bit morbid but when i die one day you know i have made a difference and that is so so special for me so i appreciate your words of appreciation too
0: yeah and i was actually going to ask that i was going to ask that as a brand as an individual how would you then love to be remembered you know uh in terms of in a creative space yeah definitely being uh, someone who uh, ha- has helped
1: and made a difference in other people's lives you know i i as you know i run courses and um there, I'm, I'm not really going to mention too many names but um one year uh this is about 4 years ago uh i um i ran a course in johannesburg and uh, you know it's a three day three day course and on the second day I said to everyone, okay guys, so tomorrow you must bring back your images uh, to me, process them, bring them back and we're going to have a look at them you know critically, and we're going to talk about them. And this one guy came up to me um, yeah, it was amazing. He, he was from Uganda. he had come from Uganda to to Johannesburg specifically to do the course. And he said to me, Brett. Um, yeah, he said, Brett, you know, I, I can't uh, bring, I can't bring the pictures tomorrow. I was like, okay, why? Why? So he said, well, yeah, you know, where I'm, where I'm staying, I don't have electricity. So I'm like, okay, where are you staying? This guy was camping in a tent in the felt because he couldn't afford a hotel, and we and and i mean the the amount of money that it must have cost him to come to the course from Jah- from uganda and and it was incredible right and and i my i was like okay no worries mate don't worry about it come to my room tonight and we'll have a chat and then you know it was it was really really cool about about 2 years later about 2 years later i saw a post that he did on facebook and uh, he was being interviewed by radio uganda and He had gone back to Uganda and he was talking and he was mentioning me specifically. And it was really, really cool that he had mentioned me. Uh, And he had said that he had gone back to Uganda and implemented everything that I had taught. And uh, from being on his own as a a freelance photographer, he managed to open a studio where he employed five other people. And then he opened another studio and then he opened another studio. He's got three, three studios. Three studios employing 15 people. Now, as you know, as an African yourself, and I have an African too, when 15 people have got a job, those 15 people are each feeding five people, eight people, 10 people. So for me, just to be in a position where I facilitated that, I'm not saying that I'm taking all the credit because I give you the information with it, what? Yeah, you choose what to do with it. So if I te- if I tell you something, yeah, you you can say yeah, he's talking rubbish, or wow, that's cool. Let me implement it. But that for me is a much bigger legacy than um than photographing a wedding for uh really really rich people in a cool location. It's nice. I'm not saying that I don't want to do that. I'm not saying that. But if you had to give me the choice of teaching all day or shooting a wedding all day, I would teach.
0: Wow. That is beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I I genuinely love that. Um, Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I've I've seen that about uh, a lot of uh, photographers, a lot of creative people want to take their years of experience and give back. And I know you've been running your own business for about 20 years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh,
1: that's very kind of you, mate. It's twenty
0: nine years. Twenty nine anyway. <laughs> years! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long time. But it's time. cool. Rather, let's rather stick to twenty because at a, at a point it gets a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, twenty nine years is a long time. I think it makes it even more uh, significant. Um, but I don't know if you if you mind me asking uh, about you. uh uh about what you spoke about in in the the last podcast with with drugs and alcohol and things like that and how that affected your business, how that affected your creativity and how you kind of came back from that and into the creative space as well.
1: It kind of happened before
0: uh, I was a photographer. So while I was a policeman,
1: yeah. So while I was a policeman in the riot unit, uh, well, I started drinking when I was probably, well, I know when I started drinking, it was in grade 10. So, you know what grades are. Uh, uh, For me, I I say standard eight, but you say grade 10. Uh, So, I started drinking in grade 10. um, And then I stopped drinking when I was uh, 24. Um, uh, I was drinking way too much and smoking way too much.
0: Um,
1: uh, Smoking dope. I'm not talking about cigarettes. Smoking dope way too much. Um, And, uh, yeah, it didn't really... Well, it actually... Yeah, it's come to think of it there was a bit of an overlap uh when uh when I opened my business I was still drinking uh and then probably about a year later uh I I stopped um so it ha- it wasn't really in full flow yet but yeah I couldn't I definitely wouldn't be able to do it uh in the in the in the with the mindset that I was in it was just really a destructive my lifestyle was just a very destructive lifestyle
0: um, you
1: know and I switched addictions from from drugs and alcohol to um, to running and and yeah I, I run a lot um, yeah I, you know in South Africa obviously the two oceans is a big thing the comrades is a is a big thing I, I've run 10 two oceans marathons. Uh, and I've run twenty-five comrades. So yeah. I switched I switched addictions, but it's a cool switch. It's a good thing. You know?
0: Whoa. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. Ten. Yeah. That is a well lot.
1: twenty-five comrades. Twenty-five comrades.
0: And what what's your target? What do you hope to achieve, I think, running wise? Um you said you've switched addictions. No, it's just it's a lifestyle. It's, it's just it's a lifestyle.
1: A, yeah, it's everyday. It's um, you know, I, I I'm not a very it's kind of a bit of a paradox because i am quite emotional and i'm and i am quite a deep person but you know i'm not into yoga and meditation and all of that kind of stuff that it just doesn't yeah i'm just that's not me but (laughs) running i suppose is some form of meditation for me because when you're running it's just you you're out there i don't listen to music um, I'm either chatting with my mates, which is kind of therapy anyway uh and uh or or I'm just on my own so uh yeah, it is kind of every day uh it gets me into the right mindset it makes you feel productive before you've even started the day so i I like to run in the morning i, I run practically every day in the morning
0: um
1: and uh yeah it 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 sets me up
0: and I think my question on that would be then do you I think it's important for everyone to sort of have that kind of escape from, you know, their work and their creativity. I know for you it's running, and for someone else it might be meditation. For someone it might be yoga. For me it's running, and I'm not really here to uh,
1: tell other people how to live their lives. Uh, but I totally believe in balance. Uh, although when you see how much I run, it's not really balanced. How much I run, I, I run way too much for for what I should. But it is. It is kind of an addiction, you know. It is such a, it's such a. When people talk about a runner's high and things, you, you don't really understand it. You, and and people go, oh, running is so boring. But yeah, it's it's really not. Um, so so yeah, I'm not here to 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 tell people how to live their lives, but I just think finding some balance between work and doing something for yourself is really important. So you know, your your outlet could be playing the guitar or just anything, fly fishing or, you know, uh, surfing, whatever. Um, But I really think that you do need to set aside time for yourself just to get your head in the game because, uh, yeah, I mean, you could end up, especially when you're working for yourself, you could end up in a situation where all you do is work, work, work. And, you know, that's, yeah, if it works for you, then that's cool. And if if you're happy with that lifestyle, that's fine. It's just, for me, Uh, Running really comes first, and and I, uh, I was telling Linda, I was telling Linda that you know sometimes when I get an inquiry for an international gig, uh, this happened uh, probably eight or nine times. Uh, Somebody uh, emailed me and said, "Oh, I'm getting married in New York on, you know, the 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 twenty third of October. Uh, You know, can you photograph my wedding?" So I go and I, I go check out when when the New York Marathon is. And the New York Marathon is like the fifth of November. So I, sit, I write back to them. I say, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm booked on the 23rd of October, but I can do the fourth of uh, November." That's crazy. And then I go, yeah. And then I go there. And I shoot, I, you know, shoot the wedding next day. Run, run the marathon. Oh, I did that wow. in No Martin. I've done it. I've done it in so many places. So yeah, clients.
0: Yeah, I. I if it's a destination, I'm like. Ah, oh, cool! I wonder if there's a marathon nearby. <laughs> and how many different places, countries, cities have you run in?
1: Oh, wow! Ah, oh, so many, mate. So many. Um, yeah, probably the 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 coolest place uh, in terms of like sort of what's different to to South Africa would be Oman. Uh, there's a there's a, a race in Oman, um, uh, uh, in the the, the Muscat uh, Marathon um and then yeah uh, berlin rome uh, barcelona paris three times uh, yeah i've done i've done loads all over all over the world and it's been really really cool i mean it's yeah it's good
0: fun yeah i think you've you've been privileged enough to travel a lot and and i love that and i, I also would love to get to a point where i can travel a lot uh but on your travels and i think on a creative point of view which is one of the places where you went and you were like wow, this place is different. This place really allows me to Oman. express myself. Oman. Really Oman, is,
1: is, Oman is is one of the nicest places to shoot. Um, you know, you think of uh, the Middle East, uh, for example, Dubai. Um, uh, Oman is right next to Dubai. Um, and, uh, you know, you think about the Middle East and you really think of just desert, but Oman the, the desert is really cool, but they've got the most amazing cliffs and the most beautiful coastline with rocks. It's, it's so, so gorgeous. So it's, it's really different, and it's a really beautiful place to shoot. Um, in March this year, I was uh, in Tenerife uh for um for Nikon uh, I was doing it, uh, a two week uh, gig uh, in in Tenerife. Tenerife is the Canary Islands just off Morocco and uh, that's where you get the black beaches. The um you know it's volcanic sand so the the, the sand is black. Like it's it's the color of the sand is black uh, and it's so it's so cool to shoot there. Um also uh, Madeira uh, where cristiano ronaldo was born uh that's that's a portuguese island uh, in the atlantic ocean um you know 2 or 3 hours into the ocean flight uh, and that's also a gorgeous gorgeous location so i've i have been really really privileged to shoot in the most amazing when when people have got money and they and they're taking you somewhere it's it's not to some dodgy hole it's <laughs> normally to it's the it's big normally places. to cool places yeah, yeah. and
0: and do you have anywhere you haven't visited yet you would love to visit and why or you don't uh, I'd like to I'd like to go I'd like to go, uh, it, like to, go to Cuba uh,
1: before it gets too commercial uh perhaps Mexico as well uh those that that would be cool um yeah
0: Cuba Mexico and why those two countries
1: I don't know probably because I watch narcos <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, I, love that I know so it's much. Not, yeah it's <laughs> no, I know it's not uh, it, it's Colombia but uh yeah I, I I just think the Mexican I know it's romanticized which is probably not the right, the coolest thing but like the buildings look really cool you know the, the in in Cuba the cars the buildings uh the cigars uh um yeah, I I really like the fragrance Havana uh by by Aramis and and that just makes me think that that would be really cool in cuba and then from the mexican side of things i really like mexican food and i just think that you can shoot some really cool uh stuff in town and then go into into the uh, desert where you've got uh you know the, the really cool cactuses and that kind of stuff that that you could shoot in but yeah yeah mexico yeah mexico um cuba yeah
0: that definitely sounds exciting. Um, and um, I, I would love to be in a space where you are at. And I'm definitely going to keep working hard to be able to travel a lot as well. Uh, I've got a few countries on my bucket list uh, myself. Um, but I think you spoke a little bit about it. And I was going to ask that it's being an ambassador for Nikon. And I think you spoke about, you know, hustling your way to where you are at now. Working hard and tirelessly become the individual you are to have the business that you do have and then being able to be recognized by a company like nikon to be your brand ambassador how does that make you feel and how is that experience been
1: well obviously it's extremely validating that's that a brand as big as nikon trusts you with with their product and with their brand um the 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 strange thing or the cool thing, you know, I've been a Nikon ambassador for 12 years. Uh, I've been with Nikon longer than anyone at Nikon uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the company that, that yeah, uh, you know, I was there long before uh, them. Uh, the people that I've, well, there's one person, the the, the head of uh, uh, of Nikon in South Africa um, that, uh, yeah, he, he was there longer than me, but pretty much everyone else, I've been there longer than them. Uh, but it is extremely validating and I am really grateful to them for the opportunities that I've got through them. Uh, you know, in terms of, uh, I, I can, I know what your next question is. Um, and I'm going to just tell you straight <laughs> up. <laughs> You yeah, read my you, mind. Yeah, yeah I know what your mind. question is. Your question is how do you become an Nikon <laughs> ambassador? Yes.
0: Right.
1: So, so, how did you know? Yeah, because it, because a lot of because it's a lot of uh, a lot of people they, they want to know that because they uh, and I'm not talking about you specifically. i I know you're asking that question for your listeners, um, but essentially you need to make yourself marketable nobody is going to come and knock on your door and say hi do you want to become an ambassador you need to create content that makes their job easy so so that they don't have to go out and and uh, obtain the the content they don't have to go out and brief people or brief agencies uh, so when i was uh you know in, in 2008 well 2007 um i this is this is when uh streaming wasn't such a big thing still people still bought dvds uh, and there was uh, a dvd that uh, a photographer a training an educator uh, put out about weddings and i watched this this video and i'm like "Mm, this guy's telling us enough for us to feel like the money we spent on the dvd was worth it but he's not telling us everything i'm going to create my why can't i just create my own video and Tell everybody everything that I'm doing. So I shot uh, a video where I was mic'd up and, and a film crew was following me shooting a wedding. And as I'm shooting the wedding, I'm telling you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and what lenses I'm using, what shutter speed, what what, what I'm thinking about, what's going to happen next, how do I pose these people, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, literally the bride is walking down the aisle and I'm looking at you and going, okay, once i am finished this shot, I'm going to turn around and take a shot of the, of the groom. To get his reaction Whilst uh, the wedding
0: is happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. Wow. I've done that three times. I've got three separate videos specifically about that. And the mic's right here, so I can just go. Uh, okay, I've got the kiss. Now I'm going to take pictures of the grandparents uh, because I need to make separate albums for the grandparents. Uh, so as we as we're going along, I'm I'm telling you what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Now I took that video. I shot that video first. I did everything. I then went to Nikon. I said, "Listen, I've produced this." video produce this product uh is there any way you can endorse it by just saying you know video uh, nikon thinks this is cool or whatever and uh, i sat down with the uh, managing director of nikon and uh you know i'd had i had a half an hour meeting with him scheduled in in his uh in his diary and i sat down with him and i said look i've done this video um uh i'd like to talk to you about perhaps you know, distributing it to the camera stores and all of that kind of thing. Uh, let's take a look. So we put it in, and and it starts to play, and he's watching this, and I'm just thinking, time is ticking here, mate. I can't be, <laughs> I can't be minutes. sitting here, I can't be sitting <laughs> here with you watching this video. The video is like an hour and a half long. Uh, we need to talk.
0: Oh, man, and I said to him,
1: well, sir, you know this. He's like, shh quick, shh, shh, shh he was in and it watching.
0: <laughs> he was engrossed. So, he wasn't engr-
1: and then he's like hold, hold on hold on and he phones he phones the, the marketing person he says, he says oh, come 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 and have a look here literally there's like five people watching this video and and i sat there and literally they watched the whole thing and i'm sitting there and and at the end of it he said he said uh, that was amazing thank you so much uh, yeah, we we're gonna do this, this and that for you. Uh, can we get a contract to you? I made myself marketable. I didn't go there and say I've got this idea that I want you to sponsor. You know, I went there and said, "Here's a product that." So so essentially, what I've done was I I looked at the photographic education market, I saw what was missing, and I created a product to fill that need and then i took that product to nikon so don't go and do the same thing that everyone else is doing cuz why are they going to make you an ambassador as opposed to anyone else go and create something that is different to everyone else that stands out that is unique and make yourself marketable don't don't expect them to to just dish out money and equipment and gear no it's not going to happen you know and and the more the more you do, and that's still an ongoing thing. I mean, look at my Instagram today. Look at my Instagram from you know a week ago. I'm still creating content for Nikon with, without them even asking. You know, I, I, I. If I'm at a situation, any any job that I'm at, I tell people, please take behind the scenes of me. Has my has my phone? Take a picture of me. Take a video of me working. I put that quickly, just a fifteen second clip, up onto stories. Where where um, – so yeah. Today I'm shooting with the Nikon Z6 and I'm doing this and this and this. You know, I'm constantly making myself marketable. I've made myself indispensable. And that's really the key that, that yeah, if you want to become a brand uh, ambassador, uh, uh, I, I'm not saying, I'm really not saying that I know all the tricks, but people that have been on my workshops uh, are now Sony ambassadors, Fuji ambassadors, uh, ambassadors, Uh, You know, I've, I've given people the tools to go off, do their thing, and then succeed at whatever they, you know, whatever direction they want to take their own career. Because one of the most important things with my training as well is that I train you to become an amplified version of yourself. Because if you try to be me, it's never going to work because it's not authentic. It's not authentic your personality is totally different to mine so when i look at a brand that i'm trying that i'm trying to create i need to take elements of my personality and amplify that because essentially what you need to do is you need to polarize your target market so people who sort of like you will now love you and people that don't really like you hate you because you don't want to be in the middle you you need to you need to polarize there are there are people that hate me, mate. Hate me. And that's cool. That's fine. No worries. They 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 don't actually know me. So it really doesn't bother me. Because I'm focusing on the people that really love me and get me. And if it works for them, fantastic. And if it doesn't work for people who don't like me, that's also cool. Hmm. And I
0: was actually gonna tap on that and ask that a little bit. That um well, we're going to talk
1: about all the people that don't like me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not exactly. We're not going to mention any names. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's, the concept of uh, understanding both spectrums, that there's so much success that is coming your way and so many positive reviews. But I think each journey and everyone's life is filled with people like that. Like you're saying, you do everything the way you do it and you get a bunch of people that do like you, and but you definitely get a bunch of people that throw a lot of hate and shade. Um, and especially online like on the internet and i mean have you experienced that and how have you dealt with that and you know being able to keep a level head because i know a lot of creatives go through it and struggle with it
1: yeah well one of the one of the things like we spoke about a little earlier is i'm not emotionally attached to my brand so whoever they're attacking is uh, a version of myself that i've created specifically to uh work as a uh, as an educator or as a photographer so i i i put stuff out there that i know for a fact is going to cause trouble but i'm doing it in a way that polarizes my followers because people that get me look at that and they go this guy's amazing and then people who feel perhaps that i uh, yeah i'm not saying in any way that uh that I'm right all of the time because nobody's right, uh, all of the time. But, uh, you know, when you, when you're looking at, yeah, when, when, when you're pointing out certain things and you're holding up a mirror to, to people, uh, yeah, you, you know, you do get resistance and in a lot of cases, you know, let, let's just talk about a post that happened the other day. Uh, somebody said, somebody said, uh, uh, um, um my client asked if i could have all the raw footage from my video Um, uh, what do i say and then people were writing no under no circumstances don't ever do that uh, it's in my contract that the client will never get uh, the raw footage so i was like everything's got its price if i gave you if i gave you five million rand you know for that footage what would you say
0: you- you would
1: definitely hand it over. Come on. All right. Of honest. course. Yeah. So it's not a case. It's not a case of no, never. I will never do that. Everything has its price. And I'm looking at it from a business perspective. And then I, so I wrote that. I wrote that. I said, you know, everything's got a price. Uh, if somebody paid you a million rand for that footage, would you not sell it? Uh, and then somebody wrote, oh, Brett Florence always causing trouble. I'm like, how's that causing trouble? You know, aren't I just saying it as it is? You know, but some people, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is, and and sometimes uh, th- there was there was a case uh, where uh, there was a, an attack uh, specifically on me because uh, something that I had said was taken out of context. Um, but uh, uh, the person who started the uh, the incident. Um, actually watched the whole clip in context reached out to me and said sorry and put up a, a post on facebook saying sorry and and it was cool you know you know and and honestly i'm i'm really here with good intentions i'm really here with good intentions i'm not here to cause trouble or you know just troll people online uh you know uh yeah so yeah i was there was one thing that that happened <laughs> that happened in, in uh, during lockdown and i still stand by by what i say uh where people had said um you know uh, where i i had taken a quote from somebody else and uh the quote basically was um if you haven't learnt anything during this lockdown, if you haven't done anything to improve yourself during training or anything like that, if you haven't learned anything, it's not because you didn't have the time, it's because you didn't have the discipline. And people went mental about that, saying, oh, I've got no, I've got no empathy for people. I've got, you know, you, you don't know how badly this has affected us. And it's like, I do know how badly this has affected us. And what are you going to do? You're going to sit on the couch watching Netflix and wait for this thing to go by? Or are you going to get off your ass and learn something, teach yourself something new and develop yourself? You know, And I do understand that there are a lot of people going through a lot of mental uh, challenges. I really get that. My comment is not intended to hurt people in any way. My comment is to ask you, seriously have you taken a look at yourself and you know have you asked yourself the question have i been lazy have i you know been procrastinating about so many different things uh and i do still stick by that you know you, people have had so much time and it, it doesn't have to be about money you can learn stuff on online for free but yeah a lot of people uh you know uh yeah if you yeah if you haven't learned anything
0: you know, it's not that you didn't have the time. It's that you didn't have the discipline. And and I think I love that about the internet. I think the ability to express your opinions. Uh, and there's a, definitely a lot of shade, a lot of anger that can come from different ways. But I think that's just people's inability to filter what they don't like. <laughs> I mean, they don't have
1: Yeah, time. and it's also, it's also a coping mechanism. So I don't take it personally. You know, some people might say something and then six months later go like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. You know, um, what I always do, and I recommend this highly, if you see something that triggers you, wait 10 minutes before you post. Read whatever triggers you, walk away, go for a run, uh, and then ask yourself, do I really need to... You know, uh, react to this post. Do I really need to put my 10 cents worth in here? You know,
0: more often than not, you'll come back and not want to post what you want to post. Yeah, actually. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just let it go. Um, yeah, enough, yeah, I, yeah. I, I appreciate, uh, you sharing that, uh, it's the ability to detach yourself, I think, from a lot of these things and, and, and separate the emotion from the business. Um, I think definitely taking that to note. Uh, but you are currently, as I'm speaking to you in Amsterdam. Are you based there currently?
1: Yeah, I'm based wherever you want to be. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: I tell people what they need to hear. So if my client is in South Africa and says, "Where are you based?" I'll tell them I'm based in South Africa. If they, you know, if if uh, if if somebody from the UK asks me where I'm based, I'm based in Bournemouth. Depend wherever you want me to be based, mate. Uh, <laughs> but you are asking me a question as a as a as a mate, as a friend. I live in
0: Amsterdam. (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, how... Although, although, wait, wait, wait.
1: (laughs) Although sometimes people want to hear that you live in a foreign place because they want to uh, fly you in to shoot their wedding uh, because imported is always better, you know? Really? So, So,
0: if you're in the same country, that changes the whole... Yeah, of course. I wow. go
1: back to Durban, mate. I go back to Durban and yeah, I, I can't get the work that I get in different countries because I'm in my
0: own backyard. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's very interesting. But how has that move been for you? You know, moving uh, from your country where I guess you'd be comfortable to be in a foreign land and adjusting to the culture. You've probably been there a while now, but how was it initially? Yeah. Well, obviously business principles
1: are the same all over the world. So fortunately for me, I've been running my business like a business. So the move here, uh, I implemented my, my business strategy, uh, in a similar way to, uh, to that, 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 I did in South Africa. Um, probably, uh, in, in the, in Europe, um, they, because everything is much more regulated, uh, it does allow you to run a business like a business. So, uh, we, by that, what I mean is, uh, if you're going to go and shoot a wedding at a hotel, uh, you need to prove your uh, that you're insured, uh, and to get insurance, you need to have a registered business. And as soon as you register your business, you are then paying VAT. Uh, so everything's regulated. So you don't get so many flyby nights. You don't get many people who are just you know working at the bank during the week and shooting weddings on the weekend. Uh, so so people take their career is a lot more seriously. And if I say to somebody, I'm a photographer, they see it as a legitimate career, where in South Africa, they say, okay, so what's your real job, you know? Uh, so I think here, uh, there is, because everything's much more structured and much more regulated, uh, there are opportunities for people who run their businesses correctly to to thrive. And th- the most amazing thing about Amsterdam specifically literally uh you know a uh, five hour drive to Paris, uh which is like Durban Joburg. Uh yeah, I went to go and shoot uh the, the, the French Open tennis final. Uh, I left here at five o'clock in the morning and I was shooting at uh, 1030 at in, in Paris at at Rolling Garros. Um yeah uh, you know you can you can drive to to Germany is literally two and a half hours uh, from the border here. Uh, so, so there are a lot of places that are really close and maybe an hour's flight or two hour flight. So there is a lot more opportunity to go and do other things in different places. Uh, but, but it does it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy because I started from scratch. You know, I, I arrived here, no friends, no family, no job. I'm a I'm a freelancer. Um I did choose Amsterdam specifically. Uh, because the headquarters for nikon europe is a, uh, is in Amsterdam and I literally live two kilometers from, from the Nikon head office i was there i was there having a meeting with them this morning uh you know so yeah it 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 was a very strategic move on on that mm. uh you know for, on the, on that case uh so yeah it it's uh, it it really wasn't easy mm. but I don't really have a choice because i don't know anything else I was a policeman and now I'm a photographer, so I didn't study <laughs> anything else. I don't. I. 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 Wow. I don't have. A, I don't have a plan B when it comes to to a career. So whatever it is, I have to
0: make it work. Mm. And, I, and I love that. You, you. I think you're a very clear definition of hard work. If hard work was a person, <laughs> if hard work was a person, it would definitely be you. Right? Like you're saying, going there with nothing, starting from scratch, um, and like you, you said earlier, it was so uh, impactful and intense, what you said, is that if they needed a chef in that time, I would have been a chef. If they needed a mechanic, you know, um, and I think it just screams to your ability to take what's there and make it work and work as hard as you can at it. And, and I love that so much. Um, and obviously, it hasn't been an easy journey. Uh, there's definitely be things that you've had to go through, things that you've had to fight through. Uh, but can you think of, or can you remember, uh, a time where you said, "This is where I got my big break," or it's kind of just been gradual throughout the years? And if you can remember, what was that, and how was it like?
1: Okay, so so this anecdote is really to make you understand that you need to treat every single person. With the most incredible respect, whether you're photographing the CEO of Bidvest, or uh, you're talking to uh, a toilet cleaner, uh, or you, you 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 know you're talking to the guy at Nando's, or whatever, any anyone in, in life. So so I opened my my studio uh, in a tiny little space, four meters by three meters. Um, I could only do headshots, uh, so inside. Uh, obviously i could shoot outside as well but uh this guy came for an estate agent uh photograph and uh i i was dressed properly i smelled nice uh i greeted him properly uh, i treated him as if he was the only client that was on the planet i i really made him feel really special and look at this is a this is a um an id it's not an id photo it's like your headshot for estate agents that got on dustbins you, you know what i'm talking about uh so anyway we i i shoot it and we're still shooting film in those days and um uh you know he comes back three days later and he says you know brett i know this sounds weird but i really enjoyed uh the the customer experience that you gave me and uh, i was just wondering do you photograph clothing catalogs and i was like yeah yeah of course I shoot ah, yeah, of course didn't even know what a clothing catalogue was, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he says. So, oh, so he man. says, "Oh, yeah, because because my wife, uh, she works as a designer at Island Style, which is a, a surfwear brand." So I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah." He says, uh, "And they're looking for a photographer." So I said, "Yeah, cool. Get her to give me a call." So I then go and find out what clothing catalogues are, and uh, uh, his wife gives me a call and says, "Oh, hi." Um, you know, my husband was there for his uh, estate agent photograph and, you know, would you like to come in and have a chat? So I said, yeah, cool, no problem. So I go and I have a chat and I get this, I get my break to to photograph catalog work for Island Style. So I do that for a couple of years and then uh, the brand really takes off and it's nice surfwear brand. So it's, so it's really cool. Uh, girls clothes, guys clothes, uh, swimwear, you know, board shorts, bikinis, that kind of thing. And uh, uh, Roxy, the brand Roxy, they phoned me and they said, Oh, you're the guy that shoots for Island Style, right? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. They said, uh, You know, would you like to shoot for Roxy? So I said, Well, no, not really, because I'm really loyal to Island Style. Now, I didn't know that Roxy is like so cool and, and Island Style. <laughs> you
0: <Yeah>. said no. <laughs> I
1: said no, but that made them beg even more.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So So, yeah, but I didn't do it on purpose. I really didn't do it on purpose. So, about a year later, they said, look, Brett, they phoned me again. I said, look, Brett, you know, we, we're very serious. We love what you're doing with Island Style. Would you like to shoot for Roxy? So by that time, I'd learned what Roxy is. So I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll shoot for Roxy. So I shot for Roxy. And because shooting for Roxy, Quicksilver and Roxy are friends, you know. Yeah, they're together, brother and sister. Uh, so uh, because of that, I started shooting for Quicksilver. And then because I was shooting for Quicksilver, I started shooting for Volcom, for DC, uh, for um, Salomon, for Puma. Uh, and then I get a call. Then I get a call. Uh, Hi there, Brett. You're the guy who shoots the bikinis for Roxy, right? So I said, yeah. They said, well, you know, um, uh, would you consider photographing Wonderbra? So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I started, so I started shooting for Wonderbra, and then that took me on to Playtex, and basically, I'm like an underwear photographer specialist, uh, and I did that for like eleven years. And if I look back to the big break, I didn't know it at the time, but it was from one estate agent photograph that I treated like gold. My customer experience, it wasn't a lot of money; it was a very quick shoot, but. I made that person feel like it was the most important job I'd ever done. So every single job, even now, to this day, every single job that I do, I give a hundred percent. Even to this podcast of yours. I'm giving you a hundred percent. And I felt and it, that. I've definitely yeah, felt and that and it's but but that's what that's that's what I think make somebody successful you need to be all in with anything that you do so for photography I'm all in for teaching I'm all in for running I'm all in you know uh, it's it, if I'm drinking <laughs> I'm all in so that's why I can't do that drinking thing you know <laughs> so yeah it, it's uh, oh, it's definitely definitely a case of um yeah it, it's so much more about it's so much more than just the pictures that you take. It's so much more. You know, the pictures, shooting pictures, that's the easy part. It's the rest. It's the branding and the marketing, your life attitude, the way you treat people. Uh, yeah, just, you know, they've got a really cool saying in uh, in the Netherlands. Um, uh, you understand Afrikaans? Uh, not so much. little not bit. So much. Okay. Little Basically, there's a, there's a saying that they have here, do, do normal. Just be normal, you know. So that, you know, if, if someone's acting like a bit of an idiot, people generally just got it. Like, come on, hey, do normal. Just be
0: normal. <laughs> come on,
1: man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's really important. It's mm. like, just treat people nicely. You know, just be normal.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. And I think it's very important. I've spoken to so many people and I've seen it in, in so many different situations uh, where um, I've spoken to people, clients that come to me who want to have photo shoots and they're like, I, I've worked with so many people who do A, B, C, D. I hope you're not like this, you know? So I think it's it's very, it goes beyond what you deliver. You know, they're like, oh, no, I know I love his photos, I love the way she works, but... Uh, way they treated me i didn't really appreciate you know so i think it goes beyond uh, the content that you produce and the money that you're receiving and the relationship that's built i know that wonderbra changed
1: photographers because there wasn't toilet paper in the previous photographer's toilet wow yeah and mate when they came to my studio it was like 30 rolls of
0: toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> you made sure, toilet made sure. <laughs> so it's things like
1: that it's the coffee it's the mm. muffins it's the it, it's all that kind of stuff when, it's people, walk, when people walk in, how are you, yeah. you
0: how's your weekend how's your that's week? it you know
1: absolutely absolutely when people walk into your space you say to them you know what can i get you to drink i've got coffee tea water coke you know uh before they've even before they've even started to shoot, they've got a cool impression of you. And you don't say to them, uh, "Do you want something to drink?" You don't say that. You say, "What would you like to drink?" I have coffee, tea, water, orange juice. So you're giving the, the, no is not an option. You, you're saying to them, oh. "Here are your options."
0: Wow. So so from that from that already they feel comfortable mm. with you. You know. Mm. I love that so much. Um, building, it's, it's yeah, I think it's, it's building rapport, you know, building a connection, uh, allowing them... Yeah, personal, I've, I've s- personal connections, that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. really. I, I've, I've seen way too many examples of people who've fallen in love even less with the actual work and more with the person uh not to not to speak terrible not to speak terribly about anyone's photography but they could have gone for someone who takes pictures better but just because yeah you could be a bad photographer and still be successful yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. you can be a great photographer and be a failure (laughs) yeah but it's so true um so i think the, the humane aspect of it just being a human being being normal being caring uh, how you would like to be treated and treating them the same way uh, I think it's important I think it's something we can all learn from you uh truly I, I love it thank you so much for sharing that and I think with that yeah it just gives me a better understanding of what you've been able to achieve obviously through the people you've met it's not something you do alone uh, it's a, a lot of communication a lot of talking a lot of relationship relationships have been built a lot of work has been put in um, but what is your greatest achievement i think when you look back at it one thing you're most proud of achieving and, and I, th- I know it's a lot uh, that you've been able to do but what's your one greatest achievement and then this could be creatively or even outside a creative space you
1: know i've got two i've got two boys uh and and being a role model to those boys uh, is really, really special for me. Um, however, I'm going to say <laughs> that uh, I do have a teenage uh, son that uh, is very challenging. Not, not not, he's very challenging. Having a teenage son is, is very challenging. Um, and I uh, hope that my – I hope – and when you ask me what is my greatest achievement, this isn't my greatest achievement yet, but I hope that they turn into – uh productive uh members of society who yeah who 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 share my passion for helping other people Uh, that hasn't happened yet so i can't say that it is my greatest achievement but if i had to look at my career um probably the last gig that i did for nikon uh, i i during that gig i was like this is what i was born to do this is cool you know, and and that that was really really cool. And mm. that gig, I, I'm not allowed to talk about it too okay. much now, uh, but you will see that it, it's going to come out in a month or so, um, and I and it's really cool. I'm, I'm really really yeah, it was that was amazing. That was I'm cool. keen,
0: I'm keen and excited to see it. And I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely a big fan of your work. Uh, yeah, for long, obviously. You. I mean, I've only known you for a little bit, but what I've seen, the work that I've seen you do, going through yeah. your website, going through your work. Uh, definitely and I mean spending the last hour chatting so so you you like my work like is an understatement
1: okay so then maybe you're
0: not at two and a half maybe you are at <laughs> <an> eight <laughs> like is an understatement <laughs> um, I think I've, I've gone through your profile I've been sharing it with a bunch of my close friends I'm sitting with this guy Brett the whole week I've with this guy <laughs> I've been showing them your work I'm like guys check check this um, uh, so thanks, I man like is definitely an understatement I definitely look up to you uh, outside knowing you, but now knowing you a little bit, having been granted the opportunity to speak to you, I think just elevates how much I do look up to you. Uh, I think cool. even more outside of a creative space, you know. So yeah, I, I and I, I, that. I would be I would be uh, really happy to uh, offer
1: one of your uh, podcast uh, listeners uh, one of my uh, training videos. Uh, you can choose uh, whichever one uh, you want uh so maybe maybe run a competition and uh yeah we can we can give uh, one of your listeners uh, uh yeah i've got i've got loads i've got uh, you know uh, the one wedding uh where it, i shot this amazing wedding in dubai and you see me you see me the whole you see me uh, shooting the whole wedding then i've got a 3 day wedding course that i've recorded i've also got other stuff like uh off camera flash uh, an introduction to beauty and fashion photography um yeah I've got about seven or eight uh videos that uh yeah yeah, and I'll give you
0: one too mate so we'll go offline and then you just tell me which one you want, and I'll give you that one we'll we'll definitely definitely uh chat offline about that and I'd, I appreciate that so much um but I think it just, it just it just brings me back a little bit to ask something about you you've got books and courses and mentorship programs and a lot of classes that you've done, and you've got this asset class of uh, information and knowledge uh, that you've created is that it for you or there's more you would love to achieve everything's
1: ongoing man you've never really got there you've never really got there you know um i am working uh, i am working with a company in scotland at the moment uh, looking to do an education program specifically for them uh, i love doing the live stuff and and in Europe. Um, you know the the corona crisis uh, is looking like it's heading towards the end most people uh, have had uh, vaccinations and uh, it's getting better here so you know live speaking uh, you know uh, at uh, conferences and um, conventions is uh, quite a thing that that I really enjoy doing Um but yeah it, it never stops mate never stops so yeah I, I'm I'm constantly looking to create new content, uh share new new ideas. Um yeah, it's all it's all a process and it's 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 such a privilege for me to be in the position that I can share my knowledge.
0: I love that so much and I think it's it's the same thing for me a big reason why I started the podcast as well. Um and I think well, what I did know is what I did know is that um I wanted to collaborate. I wanted to dig into other creators' brains. I wanted to find a way to reach out to them and sit down with them and learn as much as I can. And then I realized... So you're hustling too, mate. You're getting free yeah. your like this too. <laughs> and that's cool. I, was like, I admire that. But I admire in the back, that. in the back of my mind, I was like, "It's it's unfair because so many people can be benefiting from this as well. And that's how it kind of came up. So I was engaging. I was reaching out to people I looked up to For a long period of time over a year and we were engaging in conversations but it was just me and i was just implementing the stuff by myself but i was like there's so many other people who could benefit from this why not record it and post it out and of course it's a a one hour 30 minute video is not the same as a lifetime of me you know speaking to these people but hopefully it gets someone off the ground it gets someone yeah if it can just trigger one if it can just trigger one little thing that you never thought about before Um, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. That's the idea. And, and I, I appreciate that you share the same, you know, sentiment. And, and I love that so much. Um, but I think we've definitely been chatting for quite a while and I don't want to take too much more of your time. I just have one more question, uh, t- to ask you. And it's, it's that where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? What do you dream and hope to achieve? And, you know, I know you just said, uh, you don't stop learning, you don't stop working. Um, are there any like huge specific dreams that you... Well, my lifelong dream, uh, well, not really my lifelong dream, my dream
1: that that has probably been around for the last 15 years, maybe, yeah, maybe since I started teaching. Uh, And I, yeah, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't happen, but that is what I'm
0: uh,
1: aiming for. Uh, I'd like to have uh, um, a studio where I've got a a coffee, uh, a cafe, you can't say coffee shop in Amsterdam, because coffee shop is Okay, uh, so so I'd like to have a cafe, like a coffee bar uh, uh, attached to a studio. And uh, that studio is where I work and rent out the space as well. And other photographers can use the space in the coffee shop, coffee bar, cafe, uh, for like the gallery kind of thing. And then upstairs, uh, there's a space for teaching. So I'd, I'd like that. I've also been asked to uh, help set up a, an academy uh, in Oman um i was actually uh teaching the uh the official photographer of the sultan of oman i was teaching um his crew and uh he's actually retired now and they're looking to open up a, a school in his name and they asked me if i'd like to consult and, and set that up and i would like to do that so yeah to go maybe have maybe have a photographic academy but a physical space the online thing is cool but it's not as tactile is actually seeing people and teaching people and shooting you know it is it's it's great the online stuff's great and i understand that it has its place but you know watching somebody else do something you're not going to
0: learn as much as you actually doing it yourself so i'm I'm, I'm definitely going to assume that you are a coffee person you definitely love your coffee do you consume a lot of it oh yes (laughs) (laughs) mate I'm a recovering alcoholic. You, any recovering... It's all coffee. Coffee, it's coffee, all coffee. Coffee is uh, definitely a big thing. And I, I'm, I'm from Zimbabwe originally. And okay, here, cool. When I came here yeah. and I saw how much coffee was consumed in this country, I was like, this can't be Mental, coffee. right? It, it can't be normal. Like, where's the tea? Yeah. Where's the rooibos? You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but I love that. And uh, I think you, you say now, hopefully... Uh, you can achieve this, and I think you can. I definitely think you can set up your dream or your dream space.
1: Yeah, we will see. Uh, we'll see. I'm very dream. happy doing what I'm doing now, and mm. even if I'm doing what I'm doing now in five years' time, you're that's content. also a dream.
0: You know, yeah. to be able to continue to do the same thing—it's a privilege. Uh It's a it's a blessing <laughs> because a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't get that opportunity. Um But yeah, you definitely be. I'll definitely be following your work uh, and your progress and. Uh, super excited to continue to see you grow and uh, be really le- cool chatting to you yeah i'll be leaving links to your stuff in the description so that everybody can uh, sign up to your stuff and uh, we'll definitely be chatting about that promo i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, but i think a big thank you from me uh, for once again taking time out of your schedule yeah, so absolutely you're absolutely welcome Yeah, you deserve all the success you get, my friend. Thank you so much. You've been an absolutely amazing guest. Thank you. Cool.